0: July 1st, that is the deadline that you need to remember to get set up on Google Analytics new platform called GA4. They're moving away from Universal Analytics in July 1st of 2023. However, acting now and getting set up on GA4 will help you have a full year of data so that you'll be ready when Universal gets turned off and you're forced to be only on GA4. You'll have everything you need, all of your compares for a whole 12 months will be there. And um, let's learn more on today's episode of why this platform will be a good thing for you as a marketer and how to get started. Let's do this.
1: Welcome to Content Marketing Engineered, your source for building trust and generating demand with technical content. Here is your host, Wendy Covey.
0: Hi, and welcome to Content Marketing Engineered. On each episode, I'll break down an industry trend, challenge, or best practice in reaching technical audiences. You'll meet colleagues, friends, and clients of mine who will stop by to share their stories, and I hope that you leave each episode feeling inspired and ready to take action. Before we jump in, I'd like to give a brief shout out to my agency, True Marketing. True is a full-service agency located in beautiful Austin, Texas, serving highly technical companies. For more information, visit truemarketing.com. And now, on with our podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Content Marketing Engineered. I'm joined today by Keith Mooring. He's the CEO of L2 Digital, and we go way back uh, to many, many conferences at Inbound. So welcome to the show, Keith.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I feel like I need to hold up a picture of you with your rock and roll 80s mullet. <laughs> when I when I think of you, I think of that photo that you made the mistake of sharing with me.
1: Um, <laughs> I don't think that was a mistake.
0: No, <laughs> that was no, we've, we've, we've had some some good times at, at yeah. uh, inbound conferences, and it's so wonderful to see you again and catch up.
1: Yes, yes. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. Well, last I saw you, you were with an agency called uh, PR 2020, and now you've started your own agency called L2 Digital. So catch me up and everybody else listening with um, what, you know, just your career progression, what you've done in marketing, and what led you to start your agency.
1: Sure. So going all the way back, um, I started out out of college refinancing people's mortgages. which was as bad as it sounds. (laughs) Um, I think I did, I closed one in like nine months I was there. But then I got into a PR firm and then started working at PR 2020. And that's when HubSpot came about. So we were actually HubSpot's first partner agency. And I got real into the kind of more of the technical side of marketing, like how the automation works, how SEO, like how to optimize a site for SEO and that kind of thing. And that interest just progressed over the 14 years that I was there. Um, and so they. at one point I was like, I really want to try to do this on my own. I want to go and I want to focus specifically on the technical side, the automation, the reporting, the data collection, the capture and all that kind of stuff. So I decided I, as wisely and in timing based perfect, I was It was three weeks before the world shut down. I turned in my two weeks. And so I started right at the beginning of COVID. uh, But luckily, there was a need for a very niche need for what I had, what I could do. And then that's how L2 began. And so we've really focused on setting up the platform, integrating the technologies, building out the automation and the analytics and the reporting to support inbound and marketing and content marketing programs.
0: Yeah. And certainly the demand only increased as digital marketers had more attention and, and more pressure, right, mm-hmm. from the executive team when people couldn't go to trade shows and do some of these more traditional outbound things. So right. I'd say it was pretty brilliant timing there, Keith.
1: <laughs> yeah. And in, in hindsight, sure, I'll, uh, maybe, but <laughs> at the moment, no. Nah.
0: <laughs> We're going to go with that. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, well, today we're going to talk about the evolution of Google Analytics into what is now known as GA4. So let's start with a very basic question. What the heck is GA4?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Universal Analytics has been around for, I think, 10 plus years. And there hasn't been a lot of innovation on that product in that time um they they changed a couple things added a, a couple different interfaces added in some ai tools but that was about it um ga4 is the upgrade that should have happened progressively over the last 5 or 6 years in one shot um and so in, in other words it is now the um the the tool that will replace the Google Analytics that we're all used to. Okay. Uh, so on July 1st, 2023, they are not just abandoning Universal Analytics, they're shutting it down. It won't capture data anymore. And so they're forcing everyone who wants to
0: use Google Analytics to move over to Google Analytics 4. Well, I'm sure that along with this uh, forcing factor, there's all kinds of great benefits, right?
1: <laughs> yes, yes. There are, there are elements to this system that make it a fundamentally better system than universal analytics. Okay. So like, for example, there's new metrics that are going to be available. It's a far more customizable and flexible system. So the, um, the type of data you can send over is very, very custom to the specific scenario for your website, uh, there's better AI tools built into it that can actually service insights to help guide your marketing strategy and your content strategy the, it enables for, uh, for the first time cross device tracking. Mm. So if I'm a user logged in uh, Chrome on my phone and on my desktop, Google analytics will be able to sync the two together. So it's one user, multiple sessions, but across different devices, which is huge. Uh, cause before it was just two independent users and you didn't know um, there's different data streams that you can funnel into it. So like a website, and if you've got an app, for example, you can feed both data into one analytics account. Um, and it's got a tighter integration with Google ads. So you can create an audience, for example, of a specific type of user in analytics, GA4, and have that be usable to advertise to in Google ads.
0: Okay. And Also, of course, with all of the privacy laws that have come about, I know that that has really hampered our ability to just know what's happening and measure performance. So can you speak to some of the ways in which measurement will change based on, I guess, working around privacy laws, if you will? Or, or working oh, with, always, them, working with yeah. them not working around. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. Yeah so there's there's those are always going to be hindrances to the capture of like clean accurate data. Yeah. Uh, because it's all controlled by the user and the browser itself. But with Google Analytics 4 one of the things that they do that I've noticed is it's a far better system in terms of removing spam traffic from your reports. So I, I we've I, I don't know uh, I've got a number of sites that I manage have gotten blasted with uh, traffic from trafficbot.xyz. These spam sites just blast these um, Google Analytics accounts. They don't actually visit the site. It's called ghost spam. Google Analytics four, from what I've seen, eliminates that. I mean, it doesn't account for that traffic. It removes it from the reports right out of the gate, nice. which is which is nice. It, it definitely helps because otherwise, it's convoluted data. It's unusable because everything's screwed up from it. So. Yeah. They do a much better job of that. Uh, And then the other side is Google Analytics 4, unlike like a marketing automation system, is by default anonymized data. So you're not capturing personally identifiable information, which means privacy laws aren't as controlling in terms of what you can and can't capture and how you need to report it back. Um, With a good system like Google Analytics 4 and Universal Analytics, for the most part, um, you, you don't have to worry too much about that.
0: Great, great. I didn't know if um, you know suppressing cookies uh, was was part of this and this change of um, universal analytics being a little more reliant on cookies, or was it not so much that way?
1: No, it's still um, it's still first party cookie data. So it's Google's sending it to their own se- their their self. When it gets into third party data, that's when you get into those those struggles. So
0: I see. Okay. Yeah. Good. Well, um, what are some of the other things I can do with GA for? Like as a marketer, um, does it give me anything new, new insights, new mm-hmm. activities at my fingertips?
1: Yes. So with Google Analytics 4, you get a whole bunch of new metrics. And really, the the way Google Analytics 4 is fundamentally different than Google Analytics, universal analytics. So before in universal analytics, it was users and users had sessions, so visits to the website. And within those sessions, there was these interaction hits, and data would be logged according there. Google Analytics 4 fundamentally changes that. So instead of Each of those three levels, it's now users and then event based. So every interaction from the first page view to a link click is these are all tracked as events within Google Analytics. Uh uh, And then with that, uh, with those events, there's a bunch of information you can pass along back to Google Analytics for that the old account, old analytics wasn't able to get access to. Um, So for example, one uh, would be if you've got a phone number on your website, you can set up an event to track how many times that phone numbers clicked. Hmm. And you can then send back with that, the phone number that was clicked, the, um, uh, the page, the click happened on and, um, a bunch of variety of like where it is on the page. If you wanted to get into that level of detail, you can do all of that. And so like, for example, from a content perspective, one of the the, event, the benefits of the, these events is you get to see how a much deeper understanding of how people are interacting with your content. So, for example, we can set up events to track form submissions, uh, phone clicks, external clicks, so links uh, that take people off of your site. Uh, we can track how people are using navigation. We can track how far they're scrolling down a page. Ooh. So. For example, if I wanted to see, like, if I've got this blog post, but it's a 3000 word piece of content, one of the things that I want to know is how far are people getting down that piece of content? Mm -hmm. Because before with bounce rate, as long as they came to that page and then they left, it was considered a bounce, no matter how much of that content they consumed. With scroll tracking, we now know how much of that content they're consuming. So I can tell a much better sense of, is that blog post doing what it's meant to do? It's engaging people enough that they want to read it from top to bottom.
0: Wow, that's huge. Yeah, it's
1: yeah. It, it, from a, and then even from that perspective, when you're trying to figure out where to place your calls to action on the site,
0: mm-hmm. on a page
1: in particular, look at where people are scrolling to. Where do most of them drop off at, and then place the call to action right above that. Yeah. And so, even from a conversion perspective, it can have have an impact.
0: Yeah, and the trend is certainly going towards or has been going towards long scrolling pages. So to have Mm -hmm. that data is really huge. I I like that. Okay.
1: And like some of the quick, some of the other things, like you can track um, file downloads. So if someone downloads a PDF, we can track that. Um, We can track YouTube video views. So when they start it, how far they get through it, like progress, and then when they complete it. So all that event data is in there.
0: What about Uh, Vimeo?
1: Vimeo not so it's not as easy with Vimeo okay um, with uh, with YouTube it's uh, there's some baked in uh, event tracking for that um, but the one thing that, which we could probably get into in a little bit or in more detail but with Google Analytics for the one thing that it creates a need for is the use of Google tag manager okay so um, I'm not sure how familiar you guys are with Tag Manager, but the idea behind Tag Manager is it's a system that you put on your website that controls when different tags fire, how data, how data is captured, and then what's sent back over to Google Analytics. Uh, so you would set up tags to say, okay, when someone clicks on this type of link or a link with .pdf in the in the link URL, Send this event back with all these parameters, with all this information about what they clicked, where it was on the page, what color the button was, if you want to get to that level. Mm-hmm. You can do all of that with Tag Manager and send it back to Google Analytics for.
0: Okay. Sounds super easy. Oh,
1: yeah. It's <laughs> so a we'll get
0: into implementation in just a minute. But, um, you know, so I hear a lot of benefits. I hear eventually... Pretty much everyone has to move to this, so mm-hmm. there's there's really no recommendation of no, it's really not good for you, uh, right? It's everyone needs to be moving to this, right? Yeah. So yeah, per- perhaps the question is not should I do it, but when should I do it?
1: Yeah, and I would say the one caveat to that is it is if you're used to Google Analytics, is the U- universal analytics reports, mm-hmm. like where to find the channel data, where to drill in. It's this is where Google Analytics 4 is underwhelming, is on oh the boy. reporting side of things. Okay, So they have these report builders that allow you to do a lot of cool things, but the level of sophistication needed to build these reports is a much greater in terms of like what, what goes into building them the worst, what's available out of the box with universal analytics. Mm, do you so see
0: that changing? Do you think that's because we're sort of early in this rollout or do you think what we have is what will be?
1: No, I think they're in I I hope, I hope they change it. <laughs> they have to change it. <laughs> but um it's still relatively early. I mean, it's been out okay. for about a year or so. Uh, so it's still relatively early. I early. Uh, and I know they are continually enhancing it. Okay. Um, but man, if they don't, we're all in trouble. So okay. part of it, I mean, some of the basic stuff that you can get out of universal analytics, it takes some work to get out of Google Analytics for.
0: Mm. Well, could, could well, I run them both side by side for a while?
1: So that's actually the thing that we're recommending is the setting up a Google Analytics for property uh, and using Tag Manager to control what goes in, but then setting up a new universal analytics view that receives event data the same exact way that Google Analytics 4 property receives it. That way, you know the data is coming in exactly the same way to both systems, but you can compare it in the old view that you're used to Mm -hmm. against the new view that that we've just set up. So there's almost like a transition view where you can jump back and forth just to like, okay, now I know what that means and why that says that. It's very, very helpful.
0: Okay, I could see that. So when would be the ideal time to start tackling this and how long does it take?
1: So the the tackling of it, like the build out of it, I mean, depending on your level of sophistication with Tag Manager and Google Analytics 4, um, it, it can be done in an hour. Uh, but if you're getting just used to the system and how it all works, yeah. it's probably going to be you, you need to take a couple of lessons online on what does what within Analytics 4. To be able to set this thing up, because ideally when you set it up the first time, you know that the data, when it comes in, it's it's accurate and it's representative of what's actually happening on the site. Mm-hmm. And you're capturing all the dimensions and metrics that you need for the reporting side of things.
0: Yeah, I would think that would be the part that takes a while is deciding what reports you need now that you have, you know, your measurement is different than it used to be. So your reports, reports are going to look different.
1: Mm-hmm. And so
0: deciding what that should be and then making sure you have the right tag manager support underneath the hood,
1: right? Yeah. I And I would say if there's, if you're regularly using it, Google Analytics, the old version, mm-hmm. just start taking note of what reports you tend to go into. Yeah. Like the ones, what are the ones you most frequently visit? And based on that, you can then start to customize Google Analytics for to speak to that very specific, most specific reports. Uh, but in terms of timing um, with the essentially killing off of Universal Analytics on July 1st of next year. Ideally, Google Analytics 4 is up and running by July 1st of this year.
0: So that way you've got year. a
1: full year of benchmark data to use for insights, analysis, and comparisons.
0: Makes sense. It's not
1: a make or break. You don't need to do it, but yeah. best practice would be get at least a year's worth of data in there.
0: Okay. Now, what if those listening, um, so we have a lot of marketers of one, so departments of one that are stretched pretty pretty thin and they're using maybe HubSpot or Marketo or, you know, some automation platform as their all-in-one measurement system and really not as reliant on universal analytics. So what would you say to those marketers? Is this a time to, you know, go into this? Can, you know, they just do some, some sort of native integration within their platform or what advice do you have?
1: So I was, the way I always think about it is uh, Google Analytics, whether it's for universal analytics, is everything that happens right up to the point of a lead conversion. Okay. So as soon as someone gives you an email address, that's when marketing automation takes over. That's like a system like HubSpot is ideal for. Uh, Google Analytics is great at... Capturing information about how traffic's getting to the site, how they're interacting with the content, and ultimately what leads them to take that conversion action.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Marketing automation picks up the baton there and says, okay, we know this specific contact and this specific sales opportunity did all of this, and now here's how we're going to personalize the marketing moving forward. So I would say, and considering Google Analytics is free and it's a very powerful system when set up right, it's a no-brainer that we got to get it in place. Uh, Even if it's just collecting data and you're not going to use it for a year, at least it's capturing the data. Um, So I would say I highly recommend everybody get it on the site and start capturing data and then over time figure out how best to utilize that information with the marketing automation tool.
0: Yeah. And, and just to make sure I understand, so, so if someone doesn't do this by this July and they wait until this deadline, what's going to happen is you have some reports that use different terminology than the new ones. And you kind of have apples to oranges when it comes to your baseline and your comparison metrics, right? That that's pretty terrible.
1: (laughs) hundred percent apples to oranges compare. It won't be a here where we'll compare and contrast these two because data is captured different. There are new metrics. One of them is engagement rate. And mm-hmm. so they Google Analytics 4 considers an engagement after someone is on the site for 10 seconds or if they view a second page. It doesn't matter what else they do. Universal analytics and bounce rate is a wholly different is a totally different metric. So um even just on that regard, it won't be the same. So okay. it's gotta it, it's you got to have that benchmark to do the apples to apples insight and comparison. Yeah. And it won't be universal analytics GA4.
0: Okay. And it doesn't mean all your reports have to be set up. Just get the code, get the tags, get everything set up by July 1st.
1: Right. And if and if, if, if if you're just looking for the simplest, what is the one, two things I can do, it's gra- set up a Google Analytics 4 property, grab that global site tag script that they give you, and then put it on every page of your website. And then the only other thing that I would recommend is setting up an internal traffic filter. So remove stuff for IPs based on like if you're working with an agency or you're working by yourself, what are the IPs? Just do a Google search. What is my IP address? Grab that number and put it into Google Analytics 4. Uh, Even if you just do those two steps, you're ahead of the game. Uh, And then you can always expand upon it and enhance Google Analytics 4 as you go. So like by introducing new dimensions and new metrics, but at least you got the data in place. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, if I'm a marketer listening and I'm going, oh my gosh, I have no clue how to do this. I, I understand f- uh, from a business perspective, I need to do this, but I don't want to touch code. I'm not going in my footer. I'm not doing what you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, what is L2 digital offer to those marketers?
1: So we could do the full setup. Uh, Google Tag Manager, Google Analytics for setting up that transition view in Universal Analytics. Uh, we've got a package and we've got we've got it actually built out that base package in a way that it's designed to encompass everything that you're going to need, like scroll tracking, phone click, form submissions, all those types of uh, activities and events. Get it into the system the right way with a bunch of additional parameters that out of the box Google Analytics four doesn't offer. Uh, so we've got that package set up. We can easily put it on the website, uh, get you set up and configured that way, and then uh, then you're off and running. So uh, and like our website's www.l2-digital.com. Uh, so easy to reach out that way if you if you'd like
0: great and keith if people want to reach out to you personally find you on linkedin uh would that be the best place on linkedin and if sure. so how do you spell your last name
1: it's uh it's m o e h r i n g Keith mooring
0: right there. Okay. Well, um, we got till July 1st. I'm really glad you came onto the podcast when you did. I appreciate (laughs) you reaching out. So, um, thank you for sharing your knowledge today and, um, just practical advice on how to get this in place so we can all have apples to apples comparisons when it comes a year from now. And we're not, um, you know, in hot water. So uh,
1: (laughs) I I appreciate the opportunity and I'm happy to help whoever needs help. So
0: Great. Thanks, Keith. All right. Thanks. Thanks for joining me today on Content Marketing Engineered. For show notes, including links to resources, visit truemarketing.com slash podcast. While there, you can subscribe to our blog and our newsletter and order a copy of my book, Content Marketing Engineered. Also, I would love your reviews on this podcast. So please, when you get a chance, subscribe and leave me your review on your favorite podcast subscription platform.